Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi everybody and welcome to our first episode. This is the Wild Wild Podcast or just Wild Wild Podcast. I've, I've got a feeling I'm going to alternate between those, but officially <laughs> officially Wild Wild Podcast. And the idea with this is that we're going to cover the Italian genre cinema that most podcasts seem to have forgotten. Now, I'm going to put this right up at the front here before we get into anything else. We're probably not going to talk about Jellos much or Jelly yeah. much on this podcast. They are there are loads of great podcasts about Jellos, and, and people know much more about that than I do. But what I got thinking was that there's a whole load of other great uh, genre cinema from Italy that tends not really to get talked about very much at all. So that is the plan with this podcast. Um, we're going to go by season. Each season will be dedicated to a genre or a theme. We'll have around 10 films per season, and the plan is to put episodes out fortnightly. Don't hold me to that, though, if that goes wrong. Before I go any further, I would like to introduce my co-host, the award-nominated and, I think, award-winning? No, we haven't, won, a, we haven't won anything yet, sad to say. <laughs> okay, award-nominated for now, uh, podcaster and film historian Rob, just kidding, Rod <laughs> Barnett and Rod brings with him years of experience. He is one of the reasons that I've got into podcasting. He's been my podcasting inspiration. He's accompanied me in my headphones on the way to work many times over the years. Uh, he brings with him experience, uh, a love for genre cinema, and most importantly, he brings with him fans, hopefully. <laughs> Um, so welcome, Rod. And uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit for people who don't know who you are? Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and what you podcast about. Okay, well, uh, as uh, almost anyone who's now listening to my voice can tell, I am uh, I am an American. I grew up in the American South. I have an affinity for genre cinema. Uh, well, most cinema in general. And uh, about uh, eleven, uh, man, going on twelve years ago. 
uh, I decided to uh, start a podcast of my own simply because the subject matter that I wished there was a podcast about uh, uh, did not have a podcast attached to it. Uh, at the time, I uh, was rather sad that one of my genre heroes, European genre heroes, Paul Nashi, had passed away, and I had in the in, in the years before his passing away, had had the dream that one day I might be able to actually meet him, and so I went searching for a podcast that t- talked a good deal about a good deal about his movies. Couldn't find one, and decided, well, you know, to hell with it, I could make one of my own. Uh, yeah. So I enlisted my friend Troy Gwynn, another uh, buddy here from Tennessee, who's the only other at the time Nashy fan that I knew. He and I uh, would often get together and uh, watch Paul Nashy films just because we didn't want to uh, have to explain ourselves to all our other friends while we were watching. What were the odds? What were the odds? <laughs> what were the odds that there'd be two Paul Nashy fans in Tennessee? Uh, it seems pr- so bizarre. Pr- pretty good when you think <laughs> about the fact that uh, my my general curiosity about Paul Nashy. Uh, started uh, probably late 80s, early 90s when I was reading about him in different magazines and and things of that nature, things like Psychotronic and and other magazines that focused on European horror as well. And then, uh, you know, you go go in search of these things as you do and uh, started to find a few, was able to to find a few of the old VHS tapes that were released in the 80s to to watch that were still on shelves in these old mom and pop stores. And then uh, I, Troy had become a friend around that same time and actually had a couple of them on videotape himself. And so he loaned them to me. And so that's kind of how that uh, wow. how that grew. Because I remember, I remember distinctly him having uh, a videotape that had uh, Count Dracula's Great Love and, 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 another, and another film that wasn't a Nashi film on there. And uh, that, I think that was probably the first time that I got to see uh, that uh, perplexing film and and be kind of aware that uh, Nashi didn't just play werewolves. So uh, the uh, I can just imagine I can just imagine you spotting those videos on his shelf and then knowing right away that you've got a friend for life here. <laughs> well, well, that's just it. I mean, I it's not a joke. You can ask him that we were, when we got together to watch Nashi films, we didn't invite other people because we just you know it was <laughs> we knew it was a really, it was a really niche thing. So uh, yeah. we started the, we started this podcast uh, beginning of uh, 2010. The, the, we called it the Nashi Cast because it seemed like the most appropriate title, and we're still going strong. Although we don't uh, we don't podcast uh, we don't put as many episodes out as we used to. We used to do it monthly. We used to do deep dives. Each episode was a deep dive into a single uh, a single film. Uh, we used Nashi's uh, autobiography and every other printed piece of, of uh, interview fo- interview with him that we could find to uh, kind of walk, walk our way through as many of his films as we could. Uh, we're still doing that. As a matter of fact, just recently we're, uh, we recorded an episode on a film that he made in the 1970s that uh, has been incredibly difficult to see. Uh, it is still incredibly difficult to see, but f- someone finally subtitled a version of it, and so we finally got to see uh-huh. uh, a film called uh, All the Screams of Silence. That's the literal translation of the Spanish title, which is a... Uh, Kind of a kind of a giallo, so wouldn't turn up on this podcast, but mm. it does turn up on the Nashi cast here, and uh, so we're still being able to, you know, we've we've kept the the Nashi cast going. We have guests on there occasionally. Uh, Adrian, you've been on once. We 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 uh, held held you down and and made you watch a Nashi yeah. film. So I have even I've even bought a Nashi film on Blu-ray because you guys did the commentary. Oh yeah. Otherwise, I might never have bought it. I am. I'm one of those people who listens to the Nashi cast regularly, 
but I've probably only seen about three Paul Nashie films. Yeah, you picked so. up. You finally picked up. Uh, I know that's always been the strangest thing, but you finally picked up *Beast of the Magic Sword*, which is just—it's yeah. an astonishing film. I'm I'm glad that you're going to get the, the chance to to yeah, experience uh, that quite, one. It's quite something. So you started with the Nashie cast, but obviously that was very limited straight away to uh, to Spanish horror, but specifically Paul Nashie. Yeah. So, but you have a much broader love of all genre cinema oh yes yes so uh that 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 encouraged you to start a second podcast mm-hmm. I, I i decided uh since i i launched uh the nashi cast off of my uh, my blog my long-running blog that's been going uh, i won't say strong but it's been going for a very long period of time i use it as kind of a launch page for anything that i do called the bloody pit of rod uh, the uh, I decided that the that I wanted to start a second podcast that I could uh, do whenever I felt the desire and focus on something other than Spanish horror and Paul Nashi. In other words, just kind of a catch-all genre podcast. And so I called it the Bloody Pit, and uh, it was very sporadic at the beginning, and now it's very much a regular thing because I've got uh, a number of co-hosts that I that I uh, tap to do different things, things that uh, the other, the other people are interested in and therefore I can, I can bring them along. So there's a, there's, there's a lot of different subject matter that the, the podcast covers 70 science fiction. Uh, you and I now, of course, are talking about uh, the films of Antonio Margariti. My uh, Nashi cast partner and I have had a number of uh, series on there where we talked about the Otter Godzilla movies for a good long while. And he and I have now been doing this long range project where we're talking about the universal horror films of the 1940s. Uh, it's, and it, it, it just really becomes a, a podcast where uh Regardless of the genre, regardless of the of the of the topic at hand, we we try to bring a, a kind of fun attitude and 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 uh, a desire to find out as much factually as we can about these movies. I I I, I like you. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I have a tendency to not be able to deal with podcasts for very long when the people involved in them are are not serious about uh, the the research that they do. In other words, if they're just there to say, Oh, I like this and then move on. I, <laughs> I, I, I can't get, I can't really get behind that because, you know, I like it too. I would, you know, and I need more to know, I need more to go on for my entertainment mm-hmm. time than, than someone telling me that they like the movie as well. It's like, well, you know, can we ask the next question? Well, what did you like yeah. about it? What did you think of this? So was, How did it, you know, it, you know I, these are the questions I want to hear podcasters talking about when they're talking about movies is not some kind mm-hmm. of generalized thing. That's, you know, that's entertainment tonight. That's, you know, fluffy hit pieces telling you that a movie exists. Wow. But you're really setting a high bar here for us to have to follow now. Oh, don't worry. Um, you, you've proven yourself in the past, <laughs> so don't worry about it. So it was your podcasting on Antonia Margariti that inspired me to start my own Margariti blog which has been going now for about four years, um, slowed down a recent recently because the pandemic has made it more difficult for me to fit anything extra in like that. But yeah, uh, obviously, apart from starting podcasts, I seem to have loads of time for that. Um, but yeah, so you guys uh, were a big inspiration uh, to me. I'm, I mean, perhaps we can talk a little bit about about Italian film in particular. Um, I get the sense from your other podcasting work that you have been watching Italian genre cinema your whole life. Um, whereas for me, I'm a bit of a late starter on, on that, I think. So, yeah, I mean, for you, it goes back a long way. Am I right? Well, it goes back 
uh, at the very least, it goes all the way back to um, late 80s, early 90s. That's like that's when I started to become intrigued by this stuff. So I guess, yeah, I've been watching it uh, rather feverishly, especially in the 90s. For so I, a total of you know thirty plus years. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've spent a lot of time thinking and obsessing over some of this stuff for about three decades. Man, now I feel old. God, yeah, yeah. It's been that <laughs> and, long. And in America, you got um, you got Peplum films shown on TV quite regularly on Saturday mornings and things like that. Didn't you? Like, they seem yeah. to be a lot more a lot more of that kind of thing on American television than than we've had over here in the UK, I think. Yeah, when you told me a few years ago, when you told me that you you, you were unaware of this phenomena and that this just wasn't something that was part of your, your experience growing up, I thought that was odd because, to me, that's one of the things that makes... Um, that's one of the things that kind of explains why it's been such a, a hard climb to get the Peplum films released on Blu-ray over here, I think, is that mm-hmm. uh, the, the general perception is because... Uh, because of the the subject matter and the way they the way the films look and the fact that when I was growing up watching them on television they seemed to be placed in a position to uh, to be seen by children it seems that there's a, a kind of uh, looking down the nose at that genre that uh, I don't think is in evidence everywhere else in the world because uh, the, the the there seems to be a lot more respect paid to them well especially in the in the country they were produced in where where there seems to be uh, some affinity for them as well but over here you have to you really do have to walk uh, uphill to get people to take those things seriously which is a real shame it's it's um mm. it's 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 a bit of a shame and i think that maybe because it was such a short-lived genre i mean it you know without you know without it uh, there, there's the occasional spasm of sword and sandal films that happens there was a few you know it reoccurred again in the 80s for a little while and uh, you think when when Conan the Barbarian was made, there was a you know a lot of knockoffs of that yeah. and, and, and interest and then, in the genre there. But in general, yeah, I think post, it was so post gladiator post gladiator as well in the yeah. early two thousands. We had a whole bunch. But in general, yeah, that genre it, it was part of my childhood along with you know right. uh, seeing hammer you know seeing hammer films on television and things like that. Uh, mm. You know you, you know years before I had any idea of just how. Uh, how they were how those movies seeing those those movies at a young age was really going to affect me and, and kind of turn my uh, taste into particular directions yeah see for me i when i was growing up it was pretty much all about hammer horror and british film mm. and that was really what i've grown up knowing and hollywood stuff i remember watching black sunday um on tv when i was a teenager um, Mario Bava's film and being really struck by how amazing it looked but I couldn't understand why the acting was so bad and <laughs> I think it's because it was an English dubbed version on late night telly um, and that was that was, the, that was probably the first time I'd seen a Bava film and then uh, maybe about 15 years ago Di- Danger Diabolic came out on DVD Ah, yes. and I can't remember I think by that point I was on you know, I was in sort of email groups where people, you'd be in a group with like-minded fans and this kind of thing would get recommended. And that's when my taste started to expand a little bit. But but even then, I didn't suddenly start diving into the, you know, I didn't really know who Mario Bava was. I mainly knew the film Danger Diabolic from the Beastie Boys video. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty inexperienced. I, I had a friend who was really into Dario Argento and he lent me Suspiria on video when I was about 17. 
and I got ten minutes in and turned it off. I thought it was terrible. Ooh. I wasn't I wasn't ready. I just didn't get it. Um, so I've come to it all quite slow. It was only really in the within the last ten years, really, partly through my academic kind of trying to develop an academic career, and I I went to a, um, a couple of conferences and met some other people who who were into this sort of stuff, and they started to uh, open my mind to the worlds of Bava and Agento and all this sort of stuff. I mean, I've even I've I've seen I've been this close as I am to the microphone here. I've been this close to Dario Agento. Um, wow! Uh, but I didn't really care at the time. <laughs> I took I took a little video on my phone, and that was it. Because I was like, ah, oh, I've never seen any of his films. I know he's famous, but this was probably back in about 2013. I was at the BFI, and they had an Argento season, and I just happened to be in the library there, so I popped down to see him wander past. And that oh my was goodness! It. I didn't. I know, I'm rubbish. So yeah, so it was really it was through partly through the encouragement of um, my first PhD supervisor, a great writer uh, called Leon Hunt. He wrote a book recently on Danger Diabolic, and he's got a Maria Bava book coming out soon. Mm. And he was he um, he really in sort of inspired me to look a bit more closely at Italian cinema, and I ended up talking quite a lot about Italian cinema in my PhD thanks to his encouragement. And I realised that there was this whole world of cinema that I'd basically been completely unaware of. Like I'd never seen a Jallo film or any of this stuff. So I was coming to this all very late and also listening to thing, you know, listening to other podcasts, obviously the B-movie cast. Yeah. They would sometimes talk about Italian horror. And I think that was where I first heard about the film Wild Wild Planet. Which, which is an astonishing piece of work. Which is amazing. And I think I bought that on the recommendation of Vince, uh, Vince Rotolo, who was the host of the B-Movie cast. And um, yeah, so I've come to it all late. So I'm playing catch up. So most of the, a lot of the films that we're going to try and cover in the podcast, I'll probably be watching for the first time uh, as we go through. Well, the, <laughs> of, of the 10 films we're going to be, of the, of the 10 Italian science fiction films that we'll be covering uh, having looked at the list, there are a few on there that uh, that I haven't seen before too, and in general, the reason I haven't seen them is because I chose not to. So beware, yes. be, be, beware, <laughs> people, beware. Yeah. So our first season, let's get into that. Our first season is called Italiani nello spazio, which uh, I hope means Italians in space. It, it and, already uh, sounds as if your Italian is better than my Spanish or my French. Thank you. Well, so good. I. Now, yeah, okay, I have been learning Italian for about three years, so I'm trying, but don't put me in a room with anybody from Italy, <laughs> please, and I, because I that I wouldn't handle. But I'm trying a little bit. Um, so yeah, it was actually reading Matt Blake's book that you recommended on one of your podcast episodes. Good book called Science, yeah, Science Fiction Italian Style, and so I bought that last summer, and uh, I was re- I was sort of finishing it off a couple of months ago thinking there are so many films in here that I've never heard of and would love to watch. And then I thought, um, Hey, this would be a great, you know, somebody should do a podcast about all these films. Cause I don't think anybody is really talking that much apart from planet of the vampires and the Margariti films. Italian sci-fi doesn't get that much of a look in. No, it doesn't. So that's, so that's, that was the genesis for this podcast. Um, so yes. Yeah, so 
the first season then I've been through the book and picked out 10 films that he talks about I did I I made a longer list but I had to narrow it down to films that I could actually find anywhere mm-hmm. um which proved to be slightly challenging but so yeah so we've got 10 films coming up the first film is uh called The Day the Sky Exploded yep. from 1958 uh the Official director is Paolo Hoesch. I think that's right. But I believe, unofficially, Mario Bava directed some of this film. Now, is that is, have you seen that one before? Uh, I saw it years and years ago. The print I saw okay. at the time was not very good, and I'm actually very excited to revisit it because the last time mm. I saw it, um, I was unaware. I mean, completely unaware. We're talking, uh, you know, we're talking in excess of 20 years ago. So I was completely unaware of a lot of things that I know now. So it's going to be interesting to see this again. Yeah. Now, the next film I know you've you have seen before because you've done a podcast on it already. Now, I will say that in general, if there are films that are coming up that you have podcasted about before, we'll just skip them because there's I don't want to make you feel like. Oh, no, no, no. Well, first of all, (laughs) uh, if you're you're talking about Assignment Outer Space from 1960. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done a podcast on that film, and the reason I haven't. Oh, I thought is, you did. No, no, no. I did oh, write. I did I've... write a lengthy treatise on it called oh. uh, called uh, Assignment Boredom, uh, <laughs> years and years oh. ago. Uh, this is. I and, must have. I must have dreamt it then. I'm sure I heard you guys talk about it. Uh, well, I have talked about it at, at an angle, but not as the subject of, a, uh, of an oh, okay. episode because uh, it, it still stands out to me as one of the uh, one of the Antonio Margheriti films that at the time I found utterly awful. And so <laughs> the fact that that's part of the, this list is wonderful because I have not revisited that movie in in more than 15 oh, okay. years, and this gives me the okay. chance to you know with a lot more experience under my belt, kind of reass- reassess it and see if I find it to be more interesting than I did the first time. I mean, the reason I've put it on the list is because it's quite significant. Um, many people say that it's the first proper Italian science fiction film, although The Day the Sky Exploded did come two years earlier. But it's certainly a very important one in terms of Italian science fiction and also, of course, in Margariti's career. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That'll be a fun one to go to. Um, the next film I've got on the list is called, uh, well, Zero Zero Due Operazione Luna, or 002 Operation Moon. Now, yeah. this one is interesting because it's a Lucio Fulci film, and not many people may know that Fulci did a science fiction comedy in his earlier days. Well, most people who are apparently big Fulci fans are unaware of anything that he did before roughly 1979. So yes, that's true. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's focus on the fact that uh, there is a reason I've never seen this picture. Uh, not because I dislike Lucio Fulci. I'm quite a fan, but mainly because uh, it's a comedy. Mm. And uh, for me, Italian comedies travel about as well as already spoiled milk. So this is this is going to be intriguing. Uh, I, I'm anti- yeah. I'm anticipating um, I'm anticipating a lot of mental anguish on my part. So we'll <laughs> we'll see how that one yeah. goes. It's uh, it's a Franco and Chicchio uh, Chicchio. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Yeah, I'll, I'll find yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the, he did a whole load of those guys comedies, and uh, I believe they're an acquired taste. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> but then we, we in the same year, 1965, Mario Bava did Planet of the Vampires, which obviously is a stone cold classic yes brilliant movie um but then and then I, shortly after that i've put in wild wild planet i picked that one obviously because of the name of the podcast and of the four 
um, Marguerite Gamma One films. I think that is the best one. Agreed. So I, agree. I thought, yeah. why not go for the best one? Um, so I'm looking forward to talking about that. Now, this is where we get into areas that, that are slightly more obscure. Well, a couple of them are more obscure. I've got a couple of Alfonso Brescia. Brescia? You can tell my I haven't learned enough Italian. Alfonso Brescia films in here. And the first one is Cosmos, War of the Planets. Yeah, from 1977. Now, people will notice that we jump from 1966 to 1977. And there's a reason for that, in that uh, there aren't a lot of Italian science fiction films that were made in that, uh, you know, decade plus. So, yeah. No, because I am focusing specifically on films where people go to space as well. Yeah. Because we'll do do other kinds of sci-fi later. But, um, yeah, in, in the book, there's a bit of a gap. But also, of course, just in terms of what was available. Now, I, I believe Cosmos War of the Planets is um, is partly a kind of a remake of one of the Margariti films, but we need to, I'll need to look into that a bit more. But I, I've never seen it, but I believe it's not very good. <laughs> well, I watched it years and years and years ago to the point where okay. I really don't have much of a memory of it other than realizing that I didn't, I didn't want to watch it again. Let's put it that way. Right. Oh. Oh, good. But, but once okay, again, good. you know, uh, this is this is so long ago. One of the joys for me of doing this is getting the chance to revisit these with a purpose. So, yeah. Yeah, good. So the next we've got two Star Wars cash ins coming up. Star Crash mm-hmm. from, by Luigi Cozzi and The Humanoid by Aldo Lado. Do, do you do you have any uh, which would you say is the better film of those two? You know, here's the thing. I've only watched The Humanoid a couple of times. Uh, I remember enjoying it, but I can't remember if I enjoyed it because of who I am or because of who of what the film is. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, I, I, of course, love Star Crash for all the all the reasons that anyone loves Star Crash. And as a matter of fact, I've done mm-hmm. I've done an uh, episode of The Bloody Pit on Star Crash. Uh, with in, in which uh, when I when I covered that I had four different co-hosts who demanded to be a part of the show, which will show you the amount of love that that movie has uh, mm. uh, in general. But uh, so Star Crash is a, a film that I've spent a lot of time thinking and, and and talking about. And the Humanoid, I remember it being very interesting, and I'm looking forward to revisiting it. Mm. No, it's it's amazing. Then we're we're closing on two films that are possibly going to be the worst of the bunch. But hey, it, we'll find something good to say about them, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got Alfonso Brescia's Beast in Space, yes, which is kind of notorious. There, there are many uh, reasons for it to be notorious. Mm. Uh, it's as close to porn as you want to get without saying that, hey, I'm watching a porn film. Uh, and there are versions of it that really are actually pornographic. So, yeah. But it is in space. <laughs> yes, so it's, it's on the list. It's, it's, it's the uh, the incredibly small subgenre of uh, sexual intercourse in space. Yes, not yeah. not a large subgenre, but there it is. No. Um, and and speaking of which, the following film is kind of on the fringe. There is certainly, I would say, is probably softcore. Uh, Escape from Galaxy Three from nineteen eighty one. Now this might be better known to some people as Star Crash Two. Mm-hmm. And I've still uh, never, I've still, I've still never seen this. Uh, I've been okay. curious about it, but uh, mm. I, I'm, I'm, I. I'm kind of excited to see it finally simply because it's one of those, you know, kind of check it off the list kind of things for a yeah. movie fan. So, yeah, it'll be so it's it's in a mixed bag, but hopefully uh we'll enjoy going through them and just getting a sense of uh of this of this genre that Italians were doing science fiction 
at the same time that they were making jallos and all these other things um yeah it should be fun now did you uh, i want to bring things to a close fairly soon but mm. looking ahead so i've i've put together some plans for possible future seasons that i've sent to you and i was interested to get your reaction if you've had a look through uh, any of the the suggestions that i've made perhaps things that you would like to do things you're less keen on doing oh well uh, everything that you've suggested the under the various uh, topic headings has been uh, i i really like the idea i love the idea of doing uh you know the kind of polichetsky the 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 police the police stuff especially mm. focused on the 70s things because there's just uh, I, I would have expected, to be honest, there to be more talk in general on podcasts about these kinds of movies because they are so incredibly entertaining. There's so many of them are yeah. so really good, but um, they don't seem to be talked about a lot. So I'm very excited to kind of try to find a way to whittle. Uh, you know, if you want to just just do ten of that of that genre, man, it's 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 difficult to kind of whittle it down. I actually have a suggestion to add. You, you've okay. made you've made a list of twelve, but I actually have uh, one film that I would really love for you to add to that Great. list. Uh, what is it? Oh, uh, Violent City. Which oh is, yeah, okay. Which is a uh, it stars Charles Bronson, and it's an excellent example of uh, something I don't think we really have on the list that you've already created of. Uh, the the Italian genre crime films made in the 70s where they imported an American star where they were able to do right. that and I think mm-hmm. Violent City is absolutely a brilliant movie I think it's one of the best films that Charles Bronson ever made and I think he made some really good movies in his you know if you if you look at his career he made some extremely good movies and I think Violent City is is top of the okay. list and it's Great. so good and and it, and it it has a real Italian feel it also has uh, Tali Savalas there's just a lot to talk about with Violent City great it's on the list i just were to whittle it we can we can argue uh off air to whittle that down to 10 films um yeah good so yeah so i've put that one in partly because uh, obviously arrow video i've just announced a box set as well mm-hmm. of poliskoteski films so uh that's quite exciting looking very um, much any- forward to that. yeah me too anything else on here that you uh like the look of or perhaps not quite so uh, thrilled about. well uh under uh, uh we, we we need to beef up your list of post-apocalyptic films uh there's uh oh yes uh there's I've just uh, got a few there so are far. so many uh and my fa- mm. and i hate to ta- i hate to say this and sorry for anybody else who feels differently but i absolutely love the italian post-apocalyptic cinema all of the uh the kind of mad max slash road warrior ripoff films of mm. that period i think um uh, I, I could spend weeks doing nothing but watching those movies and I would be just the happiest little camper that you've ever seen because there's uh, there's a certain beauty in watching creative people with limited budgets mine the mm-hmm. same ideas and try, you know, try to find different ways to d- either disguise the fact that they're essentially a, a Western in, a Western in, in semi-futuristic post-apocalyptic settings uh, and also to uh, watch how the creativity kind of bursts in strange directions. Those movies are amazing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, my, I think my first introduction to those was probably the Bronx Warriors trilogy. Mm. Yeah, um, which just kind of blew me away. I love that film now. Now, uh, Bronx Warriors is amazing. You, you've uh, you've uh, you've thrown out the idea of possibly doing 
some spaghetti westerns. Now that's a that's a field that of course has been plowed many times, but I think I that it looks as if you uh, just from the start of the list that you've put together, I think it looks as if you're you're kind of wanting to stay with things that are not as often talked about, like uh, thing, things like uh, "And God Said to Cain," which I think is a fantastic film to talk about because it. Yeah. Uh, it has a lot more meat on its bone than just your standard spaghetti western plot. So, yeah, I mean, I know I said I was going to avoid the Jallo because it's so popular, and uh-huh. but then the spaghetti western is probably also very high on the list of people that talk <laughs> about those. But I figured if we pick some of the slightly less talked about films, then we can probably navigate our way through that. To be to be honest, the list so far that I've made is just films that I've already got. <laughs> so I just I just looked in my cupboard. I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." But we'll have plenty of time to build yeah. to build a, a kind of uh, a kind of interesting list of less talked about spaghetti westerns if we do, if we dive into mm. that. So now another another list that I came up with when I was thinking about popular genres was the commedia sexy all'italiana, um, and I wondered what you, whether you've got much experience with the with the sexy comedies of very the, very of the little 70s. because every time i've every time i've dipped my toes into the uh, italian sex comedy uh, i've come away thinking that the only people who can find these things amusing are italians and the reason that anyone outside of italy is watching these things is because of nudity um, right don't get me wrong i get it i understand <laughs> uh, i i too long for the days when you could go to a, a movie theater and watch a 40 foot tall edward fennick parade around in the all together that's 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 <laughs> glorious man <laughs> certainly yeah. certainly the perfect afternoon thing to do uh whether you were wearing a trench coat or not but the idea of of covering those films i i've never i mean that is a that is a genre i know nearly nothing about it would be a mm. it'd be a steep learning curve for me which it, it actually does not scare me it, it actually makes me kind of interested because uh if you if you look at those movies, a lot of the people, a lot of the directors, a lot of the actors and actresses that are involved in those pictures are people that I greatly admire in other genres. So mm. who the hell knows? I mean, when you look yeah. at it and you say, okay, Sergio Martino made some of these movies. Uh, you know, Bruno Corbucci was involved. Uh, you know, I mm. kind of get the idea that there might be something there. That, yes, uh, I, I don't think. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Italian comedy, in my experience, travels very well, and I don't find most of it uh, amusing. I think that too much of it is taken. I think too much of it is of the moment, and therefore, if you're not in that time period, some of the references completely escape you. But I, it, it, that's not true of of all comedies. So who knows? Who knows what you might run across? You know. Yeah. And who can resist a film with the title? when men carried clubs and women played ding-dong. Well, so far, I have resisted it. <laughs> the same way I've resisted the, the film with the title, When Women Had Tails. And so, uh, mm, yeah. Which you would, think would draw, you would think would draw me like a magnet, but it has not done so. Yeah, uh, we'll see. But yeah, like you said, I mean, most of them, I think most of them star Edwidge Fennec as well. So she's going to be the, uh, the, 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 the recurring character. Mm. In uh, in that one, but I just thought it, I I think again if we're going to try and talk about popular genres, then I can't, couldn't really miss that out, and I think those could be potentially interesting if not amusing. True, very true. But um, yeah, but I'm continuing to build this list all the time, and if anybody listening has got some suggestions 
for seasons or films that we should talk about. I mean, I've already got uh, like Fumetti comic book movies, yeah. uh, Conan ripoffs. I thought we could do. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, I love those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Films featuring aliens and mutants. There's quite a few of those to talk about. So, I mean, initially I thought this would be a short podcast, maybe just do a couple of years, bang, done. But then I started building up these potential lists and I started to think, oh, this this could last forever. True. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, you could do a whole season just on non-sploitation, for example. I mean, there are so many. Oh, I know. So I hadn't many... even thought of that as a subgenre. But, I mean, oh, yeah. It, it, yeah, that would... Man, you, you could find ten films in the nun sub, and there's so much to yeah. talk about there because it's it, it it builds so so perfectly and so scarily out of uh, Italy and the whole the whole Catholic Church, mm-hmm. the whole the whole religion, and that underpins the entire nation. It's amazing, yeah, yeah. So um, so we'll see we'll see how how we get on. But I'm excited to uh, to have you on board. Rod, so thank you for agreeing to do this. You're the busiest podcaster on the planet. <laughs> I don't know about so, I don't know about that, but I am saying I will say that this uh, it was very easy to say yes to this project, not just because of the subject matter and because I like talking to you, but also because I won't have to uh, edit this together. Yes, that's true. <laughs> thank you for not saying anything so far that's made me have to put any edits in. So I think we'll be okay this time. <laughs> oh well, I, I've been muting. I've been muting uh, while oh, okay. we while we do this and cursing the entire time. So yeah. that's that's why your camera switched off. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, remember, it's early here. You don't want to see me. That's true. That's true. Um, well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. I'm looking forward to us getting started on our uh, Italian space films. So I'll be. Um, so this episode is just to introduce the whole thing. Uh, please subscribe, and then when we eventually get the uh, get the films going over the next few weeks, then uh, you'll begin to see those drop in. And the plan is to keep each episode relatively short, so I don't want you to feel this is going to be a massive commitment uh, to your. I know everyone has hundreds of podcasts to try and listen to, so <laughs> uh, we'll be keeping them. We'll be keeping them short and concise, uh, hopefully. So we'll see. So if you've got any feedback uh, or you'd like to get in touch with us with ideas, then you can contact us through our email, which is wildwildpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are also on Twitter at the wild wild pod. Um, I had to go with that because at least two other people on Twitter claim to have podcasts called the wild wild podcast, hmm. but they haven't even made a single episode. So they're just ruining that uh that twitter address for me so there's anyway there's, we're at, squatters that's ridiculous exactly they are so we're on twitter at the wild wild pod we're also on instagram as wild wild podcast so feel free to uh contact us if you uh have some suggestions or just want to let us know what you think of our plans so far so rod thank you very much glad to and, be here uh, and thank I'll, you for offering this uh, no problem thank you and i will talk to you soon cue the music all right
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.